Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrich. Quarter's a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrich here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Yes, and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. I am Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Writer of the West Australian Newspaper. With me is Adrian Barrett, Channel 7 legend, <laughs> West, former West Coast Eagles footballer and Perth Football Club president. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. We are coming to you a day late because of the Anzac Day round. We mm. thought we'd just hold our guns. and um, worth, It was worth it. So how good was that game? It was a fantastic round, Anzac Day. Before we get to Anzac, and we, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pull Anzac round apart because there's some wonderful football play and some great tributes. It get, gets a bit blacker, doesn't it, today at both of our um, local clubs. So West Coast today announced that Luke Shuey has a double whammy. He's got the um, the ankle injury plus a hamstring injury, and they're talking another four weeks. Yeah, another month. So it's another soft tissue, unfortunately, for the captain of the West Coast Eagles. Uh, wonderful player, um, you know, great servant, great leader, and now really it is uh, serious considerations as to his future. And out at Fremantle, uh, Heath Chapman, who was... Uh, Sort of due, mm. just about due to come back has done the hammy again. So at training, I was I was there and um, they were doing sim match sim, and he just clutched his hamstring. So just pushing weird. for that extra yard, trying to get himself back in this weekend. Yeah. What a shame for him. Brayshaw looks uh, a bit proppy too, and Luke Ryan definitely looks proppy. I mean, he does in the games he looks like his back's really playing up. So round six, most players are a bit proppy yeah. now, aren't they? But um, they're a bit problems. Yep. And Luke Ryan, he does drop. He's he's got these. He's, he's, he's Seeps off a bit now, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I think Hamling's probably going to be knocking on the door. Just going back to Shuey, though, it is interesting what happens because a month out, ligament damage, ankle bone bruising, plus he did his hammy. So just people tuning in now who may, may not have heard, he actually did his hamstring as well. I believe he had jabs in his ankle to go back out there. So I don't know. I hope he didn't do his hammy after he went back out, but who knows. Um, so almost a triple blow. So a month out... Where to for him, do you think? You know, the real shame about it is is that uh, he was playing pretty good football. I mean, he was ahead in the Glendelling Allen medal voting, in my opinion, when he went off in that derby. Uh, he's playing really good footy early, so we know he's still capable of producing mm. top-level football. But, you know, when you're soft tissue after soft tissue... Um, yeah, it's a serious consideration now. Absolutely. So he'll, and, that, but, and that's the problem, is that we thought it was an ankle, and we sort of, oh well, he can come. I was back. pleased it was a, an ankle yeah. because I thought it's not. At least it's not a soft tissue. But now it's a hammy. It's like wow, they start looking sideways at you. Do you make the big call? When do you do it? Uh, do well, they won't it? do it till at the end of the year. And I think what will happen is they will leave it. Up. I think he deserves the right oh, to, absolutely. and they will leave it up to him to make yeah. the decision on his future. And he will make the best decision for the footy club, no doubt. Luke Shuey will horrible. Do that. Way to go out, but you got to look at the big, big picture, and the big picture is he's a premiership player and a Norm Smith medalist, and I'll never take that off you. So, don't be too upset, uh, sh- Boots, if you're listening. 
Um, and of course, uh, you were out at Frio training today. How was the mood? How was the yeah, mood of the yeah. coach, Justin Longmuir? Well, he was actually 20 minutes late for the press conference, maybe even longer. So I'm thinking, you know, that old expression about losers have meetings and winners have parties. Well, yeah. I think there's a lot of meetings going on at Fremantle, and I get it two and four. I still feel like they're still there. They can still make the eight, but they've got a horror run now. And going to Brisbane is the is your worst nightmare. Going to Brisbane with Brisbane in red hot form. Oh, yeah. Charlie Charlie, uh, Charlie Cameron. In just scintillating form. So is it Walker? The, who gets the short straw there? Do you bring oh. back Wilson for him? I'll tell you who would have been handy. Griffin Logue. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say Heath Chapman, who did his hammy. Yeah. So he, he's out. Um and it was interesting interviewing J-Lo, Justin Longmuir, because he basically conceded that when Fife comes back, he plays. He does have to go back into the midfield at some stage. They will need him in there. That's what they've been missing, haven't yeah. they? The, con- the contest, you know, contested ball. Well, He's ground, a beast. ground ball has been the, one of the big areas of deficiency this year. Uh, they're missing players. They're missing David Mundy for sure. Mm. Um, probably missing Blake Akers as well. But, yeah, you need well, that. I thought it was body. interesting. Yeah, it is because... He actually said... Uh, that was always our plan, and I, I, I almost, you know, because you don't want to jump on a bloke uh, all the time, and I almost said, well, actually, JL, uh, we interviewed you about a month ago and asked you the same question. You said, no, no, he's or, he's a forward this year. He's playing as a forward. He won't be playing in the midfield. And now they've realised, wow, we probably need him in there part-time at least to and to give them that leadership and that oomph as well. So here's a question, though, Barra. Um he spent the entire preseason and the latter parts of last year preparing for this new forward role. Has his body shape changed at all? Will this affect his ability to move? Yeah, I don't think so. He's, he, he's obviously quite large. Because obviously playing as a forward or as mm. a medium-sized forward, you, you, you're looking for some more upper body strength. He's always had that. He's got the guns. But um, as he's, but subtle changes to your body shape can make a big difference. Could do. I, I, just looking at him, he looks like he's a, still a big beast. So we'll soon find out. He won't play this week. He'll probably come back next week. But so do you put him in the peel or do you put him as the sub? That'll be the big decision. Well, the sub gives you that mechanism now you can mm. use. I'd be more inclined to. Gee, it's a hard one, that one. You missed five or six. Yeah, by then, you'd he? probably give him a run through peel. Yeah. Um, might be seven by then. Yeah, because yeah, he, he played round one, didn't he? He hasn't yep. planned to be round eight next week. And the other thing that was interesting with um, Justin Longmuir, because he was saying how that photo of him and, and uh, the skipper Alex Pierce on the back page when Pierce is wearing that funny hat and all the rest of it. They a Paddington hat. A Paddington hat with his hair down. It always looks bad when you're losing, when you look like that. Uh, I always had the view, and I was a captain, of course, for Perth, and I was talking to Ben Cousins, captain of the Eagles. I've spoken to other blokes. Pavs probably said the same thing, that you kind of really have to tidy up when you're under the pump because, you know, they, every, everyone zooms in on everything. Or when you're the captain. When you're the skipper, you need to look like, you know, you're up and about and it's all fully serious and you're not, you're not loose. And he did look loose, and the West jumped on it. And he did say that he wasn't talking anything dramatic when they took that photo. But clearly, I said, well, but hang on. Surely you're having those conversations. Elite honesty, as Justin Langer would call it, you know, brutal conversations that you've got to have. Surely you're having that with Pierce, who got three kicked on him, according to champion data, by Norton. Yep. So he, he didn't have a very good game. Week before, not bad, but had a bad game. He yep. started the lob thing, which kind of didn't really go off, did it? Well, let's talk about the lob thing. I expected the pre-match stuff, and that's fine. You expect a bit of that. There was way too much focus on lob. 
throughout the game. Like every single time he went mm. near the footy or got the footy. Now, fans can boo. That's fine. That's their right as long as it comes from the right mm-hmm. place. And it was a bit of fun. From but, the right place? Well, yeah, but it's not malicious place. booing. It was It was just was they're going to boo him regardless. blokes turning their backs on him. Oh, that was, you know, <laughs> come on, boys. That's ridiculous. What about the bloke, the Collingwood bloke who... Threw the ball away from the Essendon bloke, that, that and then gave funny. him the uh, that, st- cop, you, cop that, and mate. then he kicks the goal. So who has the last laugh? <laughs> but back to the lob stuff. I just thought it was way too much focus on it, and it not only it just sucks your energy levels. Mm. And it seemed that there was too much You're fighting. I, I I never used to fight because it just unless I had to back someone up, I would never go. So they, so they so lob you lose plays, it, it costs you energy. You're so right. Lob plays as the high forward, so they take him away from it, and it leaves those players. That, you know, Eugle uh, Hagen and mm. Norton, mm. and even Bont falling back when he did. Um, it just played into their hands a bit. I just didn't think it was great football. Not yep. very smart football. No, the only thing Lobb said was that the crowd, so the Purple Army could take some credit because he said that they put him off when he was shooting. He felt under pressure each time. You know, he did kick, kick one nice one under pressure. Yeah, kick one three, could have kicked three one. Kicks one three, he's had, he's three one, he's had the big day. Well, I still reckon he's he's contributed to that win big yeah. time because he's taken he a lot that, of the oh, focus off. And then he got those beers out. I think our man Ryan Daniels took him down to the game, did it, showed him up, showed them off before the match, the lobster tears, you know, yep. the beers that they put together for that podcast. Yep. And then they had him in the change rooms with BT when they when he's doing doing the, the roaming Brian, and uh, it was horrible for Frio fans just copping it back like that. Uh, let, before we get into the games themselves, let's just look at the weekend though. We've got a bit negative there, so let's talk about the positive once again. It was a great tribute over Anzac Ground. Magnificent. Friday night, the Lenhall tribute game. They do it so well, Frio. They've done it since 1996, and so absolute tick for them for what they did. I love the veterans lining up yeah, in during the, the Ode and the last post, yeah. for, and the players, a little metre in between each one. Yeah, with Appar- one between each Apparently player. they were told, we line up, and there's you'll see a little mark there, and there'll be a mark, and they'll say, why are we a metre... A meter apart. Just, just wait. Let's see what happens. And mm. uh, then the boys lined up next to them, and and they really bought in. Both players and coaches from both teams really brought yeah. into the moment. And I, no- I noticed that Luke Ryan shook every single veteran's hand yeah. uh, along that side. So just it was- a pity they couldn't go on with it because you kind of you really want to win when you put on those shows. And I know it, you know it's not always possible, but they didn't. Well, you know they what? got built it. It's really. every bit as significant for the Western Bulldogs. Um, yeah. So, and they, but they, it's not their home ground. I know, and it's I not know. their fans. So and it's not their West Australian, you know, veterans standing there. If it's my West, my veterans are standing that's there. That's true. So you got the Monday night Richmond Melbourne, and every club has its moments. But I think they're the three games really that stand out. Mm. The Monday night's becoming bigger and bigger with the with the phones out. It's yep. a wonderful spectacle. And then, of course, just when you think this has been a special weekend, along comes Anzac Day on the Tuesday. Uh, 95,000, so the biggest ever Anzac Day crowd. Second biggest ever home and away crowd. I think the biggest was 1958 Melbourne Collingwood. (laughs) And what a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Essendon really took it up to them and three-quarter time, it looked like it was beyond Collingwood and back they came again. And then the great speech from Darcy Moore after the after Mate. the game. So it Mate, had everything. I give everything. speeches for a living. I give speeches for a living. I'm an MC, right, professional MC. I would have struggled to do what he did in that scenario, to tick off all the boxes, cover everything off that he had to while holding, after a match, while holding the trophy. It was phenomenal. I, I, I've never, that is the best ever post-game speech at an Anzac Day match I've ever seen. Yeah, he did it, it justice, didn't he? Extraordinary. And the depth and the emotion and, you know, the the humble nature of it all. Hey, I've got two questions for you before we go into yep. the games. One is, 
there's been a bit of a, a push on social media that do we need to play the last post at every game? All nine matches. Is it overkill? No. Should it be saved for just super special occasions? I think any Anzac round, absolutely it should be before every game. And I think players in every game deserve that opportunity. It's special for mm-hmm. the players too. Because the Waffle does it as well. Oh, yeah. No, I've got it, no problem with that at all. Okay. It's all a right. very resp- right. weekend to show our respect. All right. And the other big push is, all right, because we noticed yesterday we're watching the game and it finished about 4 o'clock Perth time. Should there be a West Australian game starting at 4.10 straight after the Dockers-Len Hall game gets moved to actual Anzac Day and you have back-to-back blockbusters? I've thought long and hard about this. I've, my opinion's changed over the years. I don't think so. I think they I don't think they want it. I think they want it to be in their own time slot. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think Essendon... But if it's on a Sunday or a Saturday... Essendon and Collingwood have... I know that makes it a bit more difficult. But Essendon and Collingwood have really, really been the pioneers here with this game. Mm. And I think they deserve their own own standalone situation. Provided it's not. If it's a bit more difficult, it's on a weekend. So I think you've got to be flexible about it. What if I say next year it's on a Thursday? It is, isn't it? Yeah, Anzac Day. Well, that's okay. They yeah, play so, it on a so, Tuesday because the, the, one of the big negatives about playing on a Tuesday night is it's a, it's a you know you got to go to school the next day, you got to go to work. You got to play it on Anzac Day. If it's though. on a Thursday, yeah. it might be different. Maybe woodwork over here on a Thursday, starting at four o'clock, finishing no, at seven thirty. Oh, you play it here on a Friday. I think you've got to. That, that's its standalone. They game. won't get Fridays anymore. Not after that performance. Oh, I don't agree with that. No, you said they, you watch. They won't. Okay, yeah, okay. They won't get standalone again, mate. You must know that. Maybe, but well, they'll get it when they're back in form. And yeah, they, I know, but you know that's that's how it gets judged. It's a bi- it's a big event though, and they do the game well. So I hope, I hope they get what they're after, Frio, because they they deserve it for that that game and that. Oh, they, they do a great job. Now, before we move on, yep. Tassie, we believe yes. on the weekend there'll be an announcement that they're, they're going ahead. Full steam ahead, Tasmanian team. Hallelujah. We're bringing it in. We're going to have an extra buy. How do we feel about that? So it's tied to this funding of this stadium. So there'll be federal government funding. Is it 200-odd million coming in, which I think they that leaves them um, after the AFL funding, after the state government funding, after the federal. It leaves them about 70, 80 million short, which they can cover with corporate uh, sponsorship. Uh, so it, I, I'm all for it, I think. They're doing it the right way. They're building a precinct around it. I love it. I What's think, the name of the team going to yeah, be? Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, you, you it's got to be the Devils, though. Well, it? no, there's been a Devils. That's the go. That's the. Can, ob- can you have demons and Devils? Probably. Yeah, can't. of course you can. Can you? Yeah, you can. But I'm not sure if they'll go down that that line. I think Jack they'll, jumpers. Jack jumpers see, will be hard to beat. Why? Hard to beat. I hated jack jumpers. Did you? Until it grew on me, and then I Googled what a jack jumper was, and that's a very interesting creature, that one is. <laughs> they can jump five times their body height. They're very powerful. What else is Tassie synonymous for? Oh, apples. apples. <laughs> numbats? Are they Coal. Numbats? <laughs> oh, they, bushwalks. Oh, it's, I've, I've done a few of them too, don't worry. The bucks, Tassie bushwalks. Bucks turns for me, because I... <laughs> I grew up in the Melbourne, Tassie so it could Bucks, be the Tassie Bucks Bucks turns. I've been on about 20 of them. Yeah, I'll give you a list of the Tassie players in the AFL. You tell me who's going to be around for the team. Jeremy Howe? Probably not. No. By the time they get up a couple of years. No, well, I think, let's just talk about that. I think it's 2029 for the stadium to be completed mm. and the precinct, but I think they're talking about maybe they can come in a couple of years early and play at other grounds. So they have venues so there. they're talking five years? I'm saying 20, maybe 2027. 2027. Mm. Brody Majacek? Possibly. Mm, possibly. Andrew Phillips, Essendon. Alex Pierce. 
You're possibly I'd be like, I'd be like sending him there now. No, no. He, he's dead. Mate, I just, he's not, not playing happy. well. I'm not happy. Okay, he's not playing well. You've been potting him all year, only actually. Because, only just on the captaincy thing. I think, I think he overreached. You know, I love the guy. He seems like a fantastic guy, Indigenous leader, wonderful. But it just feels like, I don't know, just leave Fife in this chair. Form's, Why, who nah. needs the pressure? Form's not good. I think stick with him now for a while. Until until Bracer and Sarong are ready to do Sarong's it. Sarong's been on fire. That's all right. Just Maybe he right wouldn't on. be if he was captain. Yeah. Colin Jasney at Geelong. Yep. L- Lockie Weller. Ben Brown. Probably is Lockie you know. Weller a Tasmanian? Is he? Or is yeah. He? Okay. Aaron Hall. I'll tell you what, it's interesting who who's left, but... You know, you look through history. Jack Revolt, he'll be CEO. Yeah. <laughs> some of the all-time greats, you know, that have come Oh, from, Hudson. Well, you know, Matthew Richardson, Peter Hudson, Daryl Baldock, the doc. Mm. Uh, Ian Stewart. Is Royce Hart from there? Royce Hart was from Tasmania. Some of the all-time greats. It's been a great... Not a lot of players, though. Not oh, monster. yes, it has. Yeah, but not monsters. Rodney Ede. Not compared to us or South Australia. Well, it's a smaller population. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just what I'm saying. I think they've batted well above their average and have produced some greats. Liam Jones. Cricket as well, mate. One of our greatest ever cricketers is from there, Ricky Ponting. Oh, David Boone, mate. David Boone Excuse as well. Me. Yeah, well, Boone, was... We've got Bernie ahead yeah, of Ponting, haven't we? Oh, we love Bernie. <laughs> we, love oh, we haven't got him ahead of Ponting. We've got he's him ahead our, of Ponting. Mate, he's our sort of speed. The lad behaviour we have. <laughs> uh, so, good luck to Tassie. I, don't, I think it's a late atmosphere. I think it's going to happen. I think Gil McLaughlin will announce his departure shortly after that. And uh, they thoroughly deserve a team. And I think it will be successful. And right. at the moment, Barra, there's an issue there with kids going away from Aussie rules and playing basketball and other sports. And I think the problem with kids is not so much going to other sports, it's what other sports are available on TV. Mm. And so I think if you have your own aspirational pathway within that state, an AFL team, it's just nothing but good can come of it. And I think it'll be successful. I think they'll buy in. It's been a bit wishy-washy with the Hawthorne North Melbourne games there because they've not been their own teams. I think mm. if they get their own team, mm. you watch Tassie get behind it. It opens the door for another team to come in, obviously, to make it get rid of the bye again. So Yeah, after that, yeah. Because I don't ha- think there'll do be we a put our hand up here for a third team or probably well, not? Well, I wrote about that in the pre-season and mm. um, it was some interesting feedback on that one. Yeah, Barrett. really. The Southwest Pelicans was one of the suggestions. Do um, they jam it where the light, sun doesn't shine? Was that ju- the feedback? Ju- <laughs> June, um, I don't think there'll be a third team here by the way I think they'll look at something else maybe it's a composite team up north maybe you know the Northern Territory while the, I don't think there's enough corporate backing for them but you might get a mining company behind them but uh, mm. that could be the that could be the next one off the off the line but they're not going to they're not going to stick with an odd number of teams that's for sure who was your highlight over the weekend for me um, we'll start on Friday night I thought the Western Bulldogs were terrific I thought their forward line the forward line was ranked last um, going into that game um, in terms of really? for efficiency and 17th for keeping the ball inside 50 well they laid 20 tackles to 9 uh, on Friday night and there was no that forward line was operating pretty well for mine and how good is Bontempelli Bont and you know what last week I mean uh, yeah, this is only frustrating because I haven't coached but I, uh, you know we interviewed Justin Longmuir I go down there and go mate you must be putting some time into the Bont oh yeah a lot of time into the Bont any danger can stop him then <laughs> well uh, no, not many can mate <laughs> I know but oh, he's a beast isn't he I know he's that's just, horrible and I know you go off he's about he's almost untagged you go off about Nick, Re- Nick Nick Dacos, but I hope you now understand that he's almost untagable. No, I don't understand. He's still, he's still no. not. There's a, but Will Brody started. He got, email about that actually. He got fixed, and then they just you know Aish obviously wasn't uh, you know it was 
It was horrible. And the bond you could just see was coming. It was like the days of James Heard. Remember when James Heard put the, the Eagles to the sword a couple of times yeah. and he kicked that winning goal and that? And I, I saw him drifting down and I'm up sort of up with the boys and going, mate, get on Heard. Get on Heard. He drifts down, kicks the winning Some goal. Some players are just High really hard like to, in the crowd. to match up on, mate. Oh, mate. Anyway. Uh, uh, West Coast gallant again, Barra. Um, yeah, super. Di- really, I mean Bailey Williams. What about Bailey Williams? Terrific effort. You know what? It, someone had a bit of a crack at me last week, just internally. I won't mention who, but they. I said he's no one has tried more than this bloke, and they said, well, you know, he's he's not he's outclassed every week. I said, well, outclassed maybe by some of the great ruckmen. But um, I thought he's no one has tried harder than him this year. Yeah, and fantastic. he's starting to get the rewards for it now. What did you think of Will Schofield's stunt of playing in the uh, waffle? Well, good on him. You know, you know, he's recorded it, so it's going to be a doco. He's going to do a little mini doco well, about it. Good on him. Talking to his mum and telling his mum. They needed the he numbers. He actually told his mum. You know how they do the tell yeah. the mum thing. You ring up. Oh, guess what, mum? I'm making a comeback for the <laughs> Eagles. I mean, I think he's milked it. The great man, very very clever. Mate, well, in a marketing sense. They needed the numbers. He put his hand eight, up. So, I've, I've no, good on him. Eight possessions. It's a bit of a slap in the face for the waffle. It is. And, I, and if, if Lewis Jetta plays this week. I think the last couple of years has been a bit of a slap in the face for a while, full, for the waffle, full stop. However, I think they are extraordinary circumstances. Now, whose fault is that? Is it is it something to do with the strength and conditioning at the Eagles? Is it the surface at MRP? I tell you what, they had the uh, you know the machine that puts all the holes in the ground. Yep. The aerating machine or whatever yep. it's called. That's the an aerating machine. It was out there today. I was there. It was out there, and it was out there two days ago. So, I don't know if that's a, a coincidence, but certainly they got a lot of injuries. Uh, Kelly, good again. Kelly, four goals in a new forward role. Uh, made the most of his opportunities. Well done to him. So, little green shoots there. I know it's been a bit of a bleak year, and it's probably going to be pretty bleak going forward. But you've got to go with your little green shoots, don't you? Yeah. Doesn't uh, Summer love Tim Kelly? <laughs> Hell yeah. But he's had a good year. <laughs> he's- He's had a good year. Uh, we mentioned Brisbane at GWS before. Um, it was uh, just a command performance from Charlie Cameron. Seven goals. Did he mean it? Goal of the year contender. Yeah. Well, it, it was a bit of a fluke, I suppose you'd have to say. But still, describe I'm saying he it, meant describe it. it for our listeners. Well, it was, it was like kicked to the top of the square by Jack Gunston, and he was in motion <laughs> with his um, uh, opponent on him. So he just put the foot out. <laughs> It was a bit bit of uh, Real Madrid, really, about it, and just sort of clipped the end of the toes and uh, Uh, threw it bounce. So I'm saying, so put it this way: if that was Peter Dacos back in his day, Nick's father, he would have meant it. There you go. So why didn't Charlie Cameron mean it? Well, I can only go by I was there one day playing for the Eagles when he kicked goal of the year, and (laughs) you could see that he definitely meant to bounce it through after dodging six of us. So. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So, I can't wait to get on to his son, though. So I'm just going to take you back quickly to the 1987 <laughs> grand final. I'm behind the goals. Um, Hawthorne v Carlton. Uh, I think it was um, uh, Jason Dunst, the announcement, he's not playing. And then I saw Michael Tuck in short sleeves. And I thought, something's it's not right. a special right. day. No, we're going to get pumped today. <laughs> when I saw Callum, the reason I say that, when I saw Callum Mills walk up to Tom Hawkins <laughs> in the Geelong-Sydney game at GMHB, oh. I thought... Wow, this is going to be a long day for Sydney. Um, it was it, very ordinary. Wasn't it, it was an absolute panting. Uh, they are massively, uh, well, they're decimated, really. And in the back half, which is where yeah, it really true. hurts against Geelong, you know, um, Hawkins, Cameron, five each. So 
I sort of look at that as a bit of an aberration. It's not going to get any easier. We'll talk about it later in the week. But GWS Sydney, the Battle of the Bridges this week, the Battle of the Bridge. That's, um, Sydney needs to win. Look at that ladder. So outside of the eight, you've got Melbourne ninth, Sydney tenth, Bulldogs eleventh, GWS twelfth, and and the Dockers next. Yeah, although they're all out of the eight. Yeah, surely they can't all come. Well, Mel- in. Melbourne's uh, Melbourne's absolutely coming into that. So don't worry about them. Uh, Carlton St Kilda. What St Kilda? I've got Supercoach. I'm, I'm just about to, yeah. Supercoach. Well, no doubt, but I'm just I cannot believe they keep winning these games. You and your sugar hit. It's the longest sugar. Well, hit it in is history. a sugar. Yeah, it's the biggest can of coke I've ever seen. Well, and it's a can of coke in a choo choo bar and a <laughs> packet of something else because oh, geez, it's a big mate. sugar hit. Um, Carlton, so much possession and so much wastage. I know. Fancy having both. Coleman medalists, the last two Coleman medalists, and you can would they kick nine goals or something? Uh, Mackay's struggling though, isn't he? Really, really struggling with his, um, and he's trying different things, and Eight none goals. of them are working. And they shanked, he shanked a few, and so that that'll play in his mind now. Be going, oh god, do I do, do I do a long distance snap like that? Is it going to come off the side of my boot? Well, they're you here know, on you Saturday. Know he took, I think he took was it eleven or something like thirteen marks. And and couldn't couldn't convert. What do you, what do you, what has he got there? One goal. Yep. Unbelievable for have that much talent. I reckon Vossi's under the pump. If he can't, he did a great job by putting Chera. I thought on the halfback flank. Yep. They shut down Wilkie somehow, which was pretty cool. That was a, that was good. But otherwise, got his pants pulled down by our line. Well, it's a system that's working, isn't it? It's. My question is, you know, if it's not a sugar hit, it's it's a it's a very tiring way of playing footy. And St Kilda discovered that. Mark one, Fremantle discovered that mark two. <laughs> it's sort of like three, only three years sustainable, and um, but they've got a fair way to go. So, uh, well done to St Kilda on top of the ladder. Uh, now I'll get the tissues out. Now Adelaide Hawthorne. Oh, no. How did Hawthorne lose that game? I oh, know, Darcy. Darcy well, let's start with a couple of minutes to go. Rankine threads his way along the boundary line through a couple of Hawthorne players, and how how he's able. To, I know he's a very very good player and hard to catch, but come on, Hawthorne. <laughs> and then um, Fogarty, just a beautiful kick for goal, isn't he? And um, well, good good on Adelaide. I'll tell you what. A couple of years ago, that's the game they lose. Yeah, that's but the game anyone loses. refused to put the white flag up, and um, and they fought it out, and that's the difference now between Adelaide now and Adelaide a couple of years ago. The Hawks are coming, and you know what? Now Tassie's coming in, and all the all the uh, draft picks are going to be allocated to Tasmania, and the whole thing's going to change. They could look like geniuses in a couple of years. Who Hawthorne when they've done all the hard work, they've cut everyone, they've got the picks, they've got the young blokes yep. in. There's no picks for anyone else. So it's going to be a diluted draft in. Yeah, a couple when of Tassie years, comes yeah. in, there's nothing's going on. Well, it's, uh, as it should be, because you can't have mm. a team that's just cannon fodder. So no, no, but you know what? If I was a Dockers fan, I'd be pissed off. Because Why? when they came in, they got crapola. They got the worst deal ever yeah, because did. the Eagles had the best ever they deal. They did, yep. And now the Giants have had so much advantage. Uh, so have the Gold Coast Suns. Now Tassie will. So unfair. Monday night, and um, Van Royen steps up to the uh, up to the mark when required. Almost about to be subbed. Yeah. As the coach Simon Goodwin said, and then goes bang, bang, Bolter bang. went forward. Some young bloke went on to him. He took a couple of hangs. He looked like David Swartz, don't you reckon? Yeah, Or, or Neitz, yeah. one of those two. Mate, how did these guys – you know the Dockers could have had him. Well, we could say that about the Eagles no, too. No, they couldn't have had him, mate. Okay. But the Dockers could have had him. They, if they didn't take Erasmus, they could have had him and Amos. So they don't even have to give up Amos. They could have had Amos. Good player, Nick. And then Van Royen. Beautiful kick. Mate, well, how do these blokes get away? Mm. Georgiatis, Logan friggin' McDonald, all these forwards that we let go. I mean, someone, something's wrong here. 
And the, and the Dockers haven't got a forward. Uh, the, the, uh, the last game was Gold Coast, North Melbourne. Good to see Gold Coast get a win. Good to see Ben King um, step up yeah. with five goals. But I just wanted to pay tribute to someone on the losing side, Todd Goldstein. 300 games. Stuck with that club. Nice. 15 odd years. I think he's been at the club 17 years. Didn't play at all in his first year. He's a ruck. He was a, sorry, a basketball talent. He crossed over to footy. But has stuck with that club. Uh, I think, um, who was it, a couple of years ago had a red hot crack at him and he, he... Yeah, it was a couple of clubs, including Sydney. Yeah, he decided got, to he say. got absolutely. They got it. Penned. Geelong. It was Geelong, Geelong who had a really, yeah. really big crack at him. No one's got Ruckman. So you know, I was talking to the East Perth blokes because we got fixed up by East Perth in the waffle, and they were sort of, yeah, we're going well, we're top of the ladder, but geez, we hope we get through the mid-season draft. There's like they got three or four blokes like Crowd and and Scott Jones was mentioned because there's no Ruckman in the AFL. Scott Jones might come into contention. Mm. Former Docker. Uh, big big unit, massive 115 kilos, killed us. It'd be interesting to see what happens mid-season draft because there are no Ruckman around. Uh, and just before we get on to some mail, um, another interesting round of match review. Obviously, tackling continues to be an issue. What did you think of the... The one that really caught my attention was the Callan Ward um, on Lockie Neal and Lockie Neal, whether he contributed to the tackle. Just a couple of points. Should a player... Be um, you know, a player should have to try and keep their feet if if possible. To if the umpire blew their whistle a little bit earlier, mm. would you avoid some of these? I know that's the problem. So what do you do? Do you hold? I'm back? comfortable with the decisions. By the way, I think if you if you're trying to protect the head and there's a couple of decisions that people aren't happy about, I'm okay with that. I just, you know it's a pity if they if they're rubbed out for a brown low, but you, you know well, you, you got to break some eggs, mate, to make an omelette sometimes. Well, you know what I've learnt is that I've I've spoken to the players and they are told to take the tackle, so not to handball and just waste the handball to actually take the tackle and try to break it. So when you're a tackler, you have to go in at 100. percent You have to give a you give it a full blooded effort. You can't go half assed and that's what we're asking them to do now. Because okay, the second movement, fair enough, but because every player is trying to break a tackle, and once they know that you're going to go half paced, they're going to try to brush you off or milk it like Lockie Neal does. So it's a, I don't know where this is all going to end. I mean, well, we I know all we've know, got to protect the head, but well, we know well we know if there's a double action. You, you just can't do it anymore, Barra. And so but you don't get what I get. When, when yeah. I played, we would try to give the ball straight away. It's a long now time they ago. can't take the hit, take the hit, try to break the tackle. That's they practice breaking the tackle. When you played, they had gramophones still. It's a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> but they have to come in hard on them then. You have to take them out. Anyway. Now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel, and we will be giving away a 30-can block of Great Northern Super Crisp later in the week. A beautiful drop, that barrow. A couple of bit of mail here. Uh, this one from Brett. This is our uh, loader operator in Virginia again. Oh, um, yeah. In the US. Dear Quarters and Barra, the Dockers have regularly been the third youngest team in 2023, behind only the Hawks and Gold Coast. That is correct. They lost 808 games of experience from last year's starting 22 by losing Monday, Acres, Lob, Logue and Tucker. Although we've tried to plug those experience holes with O'Meara and to a lesser extent Wagner and Corbett, the recruitment of Luke Jackson was never going to solve our immediate problems up forward. We ultimately recruited him for the future. That future should pump as many games into our exciting kids. O'Neill Merasmus, so that they all come through their careers together. For mine, Frio may have overachieved in 2022 on the back of Lobb and Akers having career best seasons. Logue playing as a defensive forward and Mundy's farewell tour. 
Perhaps our age demographic is a more precise indicator of where the club is really at in 2023. Cheers, Brett. P.S. My wife is a Yank, hence why the family and I have moved back to live and work in the U.S., uh, there you go. Very, I mean, he's he makes a good point. Very young side, the Dockers. Mm. That's the other thing we got to factor in. A bit like Perth Footy Club, super young side. In fact, I think bottom three for in age and experience. So we've got to do have to factor that in. They probably did overachieve last year. Monday goes out. Fife is not around. They lose their best goal kicker, which was Roy Lobb. Things were going to change. Jackson was never going to be able to make that that bigger change or that bigger a difference to the team. So he, he makes a, a very good point. And um, I think we've got to cut them some slack. Down at Frio, what they're saying is, how come you're not having a crack at the Eagles? How come they're slipping through? And I kind of was saying to them, look... Why are you worried about another team? Worry about yourself. Yeah, but they're saying, like, in the media, why aren't they getting smashed the way we're getting smashed? Well, I think they have been... Did they read the paper last year? Last year, yeah. And this year, I think we're giving them... At the moment, I think while the effort is there, that'll be fine. Mm. While the effort is there... You can see they've changed their game plan, but, I mean, you can allow them losses with the injury list they've got. I think that's fair enough. And while the, If the effort drops off, then they'll be, don't worry, we'll be getting into them. And the other thing I said to them, too, was it's a reflection of what the standing. Like, the, the Eagles now irrelevant. I hate to say it, but they're irrelevant this year because they're oh, this not, yeah. not going to make the finals. That means that you're the team that gets the focus because you're the only ones really still alive in the comp and maybe should be making the yeah, eight. But you know, you see my point. Stop worrying do, about other I, teams. Worry they, about yourself. They are. They are a little bit hung up on it. So in terms of, okay, there's no super focuses on their coach. You know, there's no super focuses on their captain. You know, all that sort of stuff. So I, I, I kind of get it. I, ca- By I get the way, it. Question, we have asked questions about their um, strength and conditioning program and so they haven't completely got off the hook, West Coast. I'm not sure if that's right. Um, Anthony writes, hi lads, it's a, here, a bit of a plug, we'll give it to you. It's Anthony here from Behind the Goals over on 91.3 Sport FM. Good on you, Anthony. Just listening to quarters, you'll like this, Barra, about putting a bigger body on Dacos could do the job. This not is obviously sh- before the this game. This is written it? before the game. Yeah, because he, sure he just had 40, mate. Not sure if recording this before or after Nick has won the Anzac medal. Oh, the prescience. Well done. Probably pretty easy to pick that one, actually. Uh, but just $3. in case, we looked into this and have a bit of evidence. Teams have given us examples on how to stop Dacos. And the secret seems to be that you need to stop the ball from getting into his hands. Once he has it, then it's too late. Very good point. It's stopping him. But the players are going to give it to him at every opportunity. I'll go on. Port Adelaide ran with Dacos and it didn't work. Brisbane Lions stopped the ball getting to him in the second quarter and it worked. You work harder to make sure the contested mids can't get easy ball out to him. But you also have a player position themselves between Dacos and the contest which stop players looking to use him. Um, love the show, lads. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, very good point. But it's, it's, it would work. Great in theory. Yeah, it's, in it's, theory. But... You know, the problem is... Good on paper. It's played on grass. You've got some pr- bit, bit of talent out there. I mean, he's got if his Ross brother. Lyon can't stop him. Steel side bottom, mm. Pendlebury, yep. his brother Josh. I mean, there's a lot out there to deal with, isn't there? But if Ross Lyon can't stop him, mate, who can? Do you know what I mean? I mean, Ross had a crack and he had, he had exactly... He had 40 this week, won the medal, kicked two goals. The other it, point it, is it, you back your own system to beat theirs and at three-quarter time, they're 28 points clear. Yeah, good point. What, so so I, you're I saying they you're... should have done something the last quarter because he kicked two goals. 100%. <laughs> Hang on. Ring that bell. Quick. Alarm. Alarm. Put up a, put up a sign. The Dacos bell. Chopstick sign or a, whatever <laughs> sign they put up for him. Yeah. The Dacos just, bell. Just the Dacos bell. The Macedonian marvel. What about this? 
best players after 31 games since World War Two. Now, they've got Nick Dacos at about number four. He's yep. averaging nearly 30. Nearly 30. I think Judd, Judd was averaging 20. Yep. So he's got Judd covered, okay? Can you name anyone? He's so got Judd covered in goals kicked? Yep. Okay. Can Have you got anyone who has done better in the first 31 games all time since World War Two. Can you think of anyone? And I'm not just talking, and I'm, this is not, if it's 19-year-olds, Dacos wins by the length of the straight, him or Judd, right? But anyone that can, sp- springs to mind, a um, couple of great goal kickers. I came up with one myself um, the other day, was Alan Jakovic. Remember his first 50 games? Incredible. He was more of a, se- a veteran. He was 23, 23 24. 22, 23. Kicked yeah. 132 goals. He did, yeah. In first his first time. 31 games. Yeah. But he's still behind. Matera was magnificent in his first uh, 31 games. But at the top of the tree... Here's one. Adrian McAdam. Yeah, McAdams. Remember him? He's around the mark. What did he kick? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got his stats here, but that, he is one that has been mentioned in uh, dispatches. And number one, they had John Coleman kicked 164 yeah, goals. There you go. <laughs> fair way to go. That was a long time but ago. Listen but listen to yeah. this. Tony Modra, 150 goals in his first 31 games. Wow. Tony Modra. Player, Tony. And a bit of a highlights reel too. And Kenny Hunter... Probably went over there at a bit of an older age too, didn't he? Yep. He won his he won the Carlton Best and Fairest in his first year. I reckon I could throw in Jeff Southby. Jeff Southby, very good. Two B and Fs uh, and a flag. Uh, B and F in his first year and a flag. He won two B and Fs actually. The two thirty one uh, yeah. th- over the two years and a and flag. His first year was a B and F and at full back. And in the hard second to do year. that. Nathan Buckley fourth in the Brownlow. Lockett kicked Yeah, 99. I reckon Buckley, you'd it'd, it'd be up there. Sumi kicked a lot of goals as well. Yeah. But a lot of these guys come. He's This kid's 19. He's special, mate. Yeah, he, he is. No question. He is special. No question. And, you know, have a crack at tagging him as much as you like. But he exposed him in the last quarter. You know, his fitness is amazing. It is. He, he broke all the records at Collingwood this year. Yeah. And you've seen it. You saw it in the last quarter. Yeah. You know what I really liked about his performance is he's kicked that goal, the first of his two in the last quarter. And he's thought, oh, I wanted to get up and about. But I thought, hang on, no, we've still got the job to do here. <laughs> Just got a seasoned head on young shoulders too, hasn't he? He's, it's almost like his old man's bashed it into him. Listen, mate, humble. Whenever you're a superstar, if you do anything good, just pump up the players. He was brilliant after the game. Don't forget how good the old man was, though. Oh. Peter was... Uh, I saw it first hand. Yeah, he's a ridiculously good footballer. Yeah, mate, sensational family. Okay, uh, Michelle writes, High Quarters and Barra, I was staggered that $1.122 billion has been spent via the AFL variable funding system since 2012, with seven clubs being the top-end beneficiaries. Um, that'd be St Kilda North, GWS, Gold Coast, etc. Western Australian footy fans continue to pay excessively when compared with the other Australian sporting stadiums for tickets and for food and beverages at Subi Oval and Optus Stadium. Should the AFL have those top-end beneficiary teams play matches against each other at Optus so the WA public can see something tangible after contributing so much of their hard-earned money which has been siphoned off in this overflowing money bucket keeping these clubs afloat? Mm. A little bit of truth in that. Mm. Well, we paid for it. WA taxpayers. Got a good stadium too. Uh, Mitch writes, Hi, boys. I wanted to mention something that I think may many people overlook when analysing Fremantle. All the focus tends to be on ball movement and our inability to move quickly through the centre of the ground. While this is valid, I think one of the biggest drop-offs from where we were last year has been has to be the team defence. 
In 2022, when we went inside 50, our ability to not let the opposition transition from our back half was almost the best in the competition. The likes of Young, Cox and Ryan would take a lot of intercept marks forward of centre, whereas now they're defending deep in their defensive 50. I'm struggling to find a reason why we why the way we defend transition has dropped off so much, with teams scoring heavily against us from our back half in the opening rounds, especially Adelaide and North from, from memory. We'd just like to get your thoughts on that, and also why are the media freaking out about Frio's treatment of Lobb? Was it not very similar to Collingwood's treatment of Ollie Henry in round one? Is it simply because Frio lost and Collingwood won? Um, very good points he raises there, and he's right. Uh, about but With the Lobb stuff... I think it was an overfocus. I don't think the Ollie Henry, it was there, mm. wasn't anywhere to the magnitude no. of what Frio did. And also, I don't think they wasted too much energy on Ollie Henry. Yeah, when Hagen Eugle shanked that one, they were still wrestling with Lobb, and then they all had to charge up. And, and Trelaw kicks the goal. And Trelaw's free. Yeah, that did, that was not a good look. And and you know what it's like. If you're going to have a crack at someone, you just got to go close or win. You can't get belted. If you're brawling with some bloke it's such a distraction you know you actually just got to win the game you got to be i can't believe on on top anyway i won't say what i was going to say but david king david king says that justin longmuir must concede and say boys you know how i've been telling you our game plan's great and it's super and it's going to win us a flag it ain't we're changing it he reckons he must have the courage to do that and just admit with the greatest respect to David King, I don't think he needs David King to tell him that. Yeah, but I asked him that today, and he said, "No, nah, no, I'm not. We're not. We're not changing much at all. We just think we need to tweak a few things. We're not going to throw away because they're very process driven. That's his problem, and they're a bit ponderous. Luke Ryan is seeping off, and looks like he his kicks are going. Well, they're too getting high. pushed wide, and it's hurting them. And mm. teams know if There's they no win, chaos. if they, they win, more if chaos. they take a lot of marks, they know you'll beat them. Teams know that. And the back line now is is, is, seeping, is leaking goals, 118 points. Who would have thought that the Dockers' back line would leak 118 yep. points to the Bulldogs So at home? So I, I feel like J-Lo maybe does have to go back to the drawing board a bit. But he said, no, nah, we're not. So I think if they get pounded by Brisbane and then they've got a horror run, maybe he starts thinking, well, you know what, this what, maybe... And then they've got a horror run. Doesn't start this week? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. If they get pounded by Brisbane and then it rolls on, doesn't yeah. it? They've got like, t- Sydney and Melbourne and someone else... Horrible run. I don't know. It must be horrible. When you're a coach, you've got to have such self-belief in what you're doing and you can't second-guess yourself. But then if you keep losing, you, you have to do something. So I think you also have to be prepared to be smart enough to adapt on the run. And he, I think he is. So it'll come. Time will come. He hasn't done it yet, though. Well, time will come. Might What's even happen this week. So what? Wholesale changes? I don't think they really can. Chapman can't play. No. So well, he I reckon wasn't in anyway last Erasmus week. probably comes in. Mm. He was brilliant for Peel. I reckon they should play Wilson. I'd put Wilson on um, Charlie. I'd put Wilson on you Charlie. Know, if you were, Rather than Walker, would you go Walker or Wilson? Uh, oh, you start with one and you have a two or three backup plans. Cause Walker if he gets, played on him last If he gets week. up and about early, mm. you're in a lot of trouble because he is a confidence player within a game, you know. So I'll tell you what's not the worst idea. When did they look their last, their most dangerous last week, Frio? Uh, I'll tell you when. When Sean Darcy was in the forward line. So if, you've, if you're worried about Luke Jackson, and he will be a long-term build, but if you're worried about him, just put him in the ruck. Put him in amongst the action. Oscar. I'd like to see more of Sean Darcy. Now, you're robbing Peter to play Paul a little bit. But I'd like to see Maybe more that's of Sean Darcy in attack because yeah. you'll bring other players. It's a big body down there. Yeah. It takes a beautiful clunk. 
reasonably good maybe, kick yeah, for goal. Yeah, you might be and you something. take a bit of pressure off other players. Like Amos can learn the game without being the number one man down there. I just think they need to look at revolutionising that forward that's line. That's not a, a silly idea. Mm. I reckon that's worth flipping it. Yeah, let's do it. So let's see what happens. Uh, how many did you get? Uh, I think everyone got about eight, didn't they? I did. I got seven. Everyone got eight. I got seven. Got I think seven. most people got seven. If you got any less than seven, it was a pretty good weekend for tipsters, I think. Yeah. No, because no, you shouldn't have tipped Sydney. I didn't tip How Sydney. did you get seven? Right? Who, who, uh, I missed out on Freo. Yeah. thought they'd beat yeah. the dogs at home. Yeah, Freo, yeah. And I missed I out. I tipped the bullies. Even though I said on this show that I tipped the bullies, I, tipped, I did in the end. And tip- Carlton. I picked Carlton to beat some Yeah, that was the other one, Carlton. Everyone tipped Carlton. Yeah, it was a, it was a tricky, tricky tipping week. So, so this round... It starts Friday night, doesn't it? Yeah. and yeah. So, so let's worry about that when we come back to our second podcast for the week. Thank you for the mail. Please send them to quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. Please keep them short. Please give us your details. I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or Friday. We'll come back to you. But um, <laughs> you, we, we have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Choose Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Gamble responsibly and please call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. Barra, thank you. And we'll be back to Just before you preview out, round seven. Jai Cully. NAB Rising Star nominee for this round. Well, congratulations. There's yeah. a bit of late-breaking news. Four goals. Congratulations, Jai. Thoroughly deserved. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and, of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.